Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. We are getting closer and closer. This spooky season, The Other Stories presents a series of specially cooked up Halloween tales with a new episode every day in the week, leading up to October the 31st. Join British horror icon Emily Booth, face of the Horror Channel, as she hosts the Halloween Horrors of Old Mill Lane, one of our most ambitious audio productions to date. With stories from Andy Conduit Turner, Mike Garley, Jasmine Arch, John Crinnan and Ben Errington, starting on Sunday the 25th of October, the episodes will premiere on Facebook and YouTube at 9pm English time and appear on the podcast feed shortly after. Today's episode is The Queen of Hell, written by Richard Beauchamp and narrated by Justin Fife. Sean piloted the airboat carefully. The swamp he once knew so well transformed into a strange waterlogged hellscape. All his typical landmarkings gone, washed away by Hurricane Selma. He wouldn't admit he was lost. He was a fifth-generation Latour, and he knew these swamps, or thought he did. But it was nighttime. The hurricane had leveled and destroyed many of the old shotgun shacks perched along the main channels, and it had been over a month since he'd last been back here. His memory was admittedly distorted after laying low from the bank robbery he'd done up in Alexandria. He'd done a lot of drinking and smack-slamming at his buddy Aaron's house during that time. He'd meant to make clean off with the 30k, 
but had to shoot two bank security guards who decided to play hero that day. And because of that, the great state of Louisiana would very much like to see him ride old Sparky. So, being the swamp rat he was, he decided to hide 25 of the 30K in the last place anyone would look, in one of the nastiest, most isolated bayous Louisiana had to offer. He turned right, the spotlight fixed to the airboat swiveling with him as he cautiously perused through a maze of cypress trees, wincing as he passed through messy waterlogged spiderwebs, the bloated orb weavers scurrying for safety as he barreled through their homes. Come on, where the fuck are you? Sean growled, trying to peer through the fog that further obscured his vision, hiding the many dangers that lurked out here. He thought he'd seen some structure over here from the main channel, and assumed it was the old shack he'd found while on the run, the one he'd held up in for four days, hoping the state police would assume he fled by the highway and not bother with these nasty backwaters, a gamble that paid off. His plan was to stash the money at the shack, which looked to have belonged to an old swamp hermit, and lay low there until the heat was off. Then, Hurricane Selma changed his plans, and he'd barely gotten out of the swamp alive. Luckily, the police were so preoccupied with evacuations that he was able to hide out in an old trap house he used to deal out of just outside of Holloway. So there he was, back in the swamp the blood of the man whose airboat he'd hijacked gathering a miasma of flies and mosquitoes as it dried on the hull. What in holy hell? Sean muttered as he came through a particularly nasty patch of driftwood and smashed trees to a clearing that revealed the bloated hull of an honest-to-God Tom Sawyer-era steamer. It was a triple-decker by the looks of it, the rusted smokestacks poking crookedly out from the top. He was so transfixed on the bewildering sight that he nearly jumped out of his skin when he heard the huge splash of an alligator that he had bumped with the bottom of his boat. He watched it swim away just under the surface of the water and noticed its body glowed a blood red. He took another snort of white china from the bullet necklace he kept around his neck, wondering if it was possible for smack to make you hallucinate. He cursed as the comforting rush of euphoria he had expected did not come. He froze with a bullet halfway to his nose for another whiff when he thought he heard voices and immediately cut the engine, the fan blades whirring to a stop. He paused to listen, expecting to hear the chorus of swamp fauna singing to him, the crickets, the cicadas, the incessant whine of mosquito wings. But he realized then, as he floated near the boat, that the swamp was completely silent, almost as if he were in a vacuum, the swamp itself holding its breath, waiting to explode at any moment. Then he heard it again. Came a voice that sounded as old as time itself. A chill went through Sean just then, and he had to wonder if that four-day bender he was coming down from had scrambled his brains a bit. Hello? Come out, goddammit! He called out, his voice immediately being swallowed up by the heavy atmosphere, where it usually echoed off the water. Come see. Came the voice, 
rusty like an old screen door. The Cajun patois was thick, the old French flavoring shaping the vowels in that strange, nasally way. He tried to start up the airboat again, but the outboard powering the fan turned, spinning the blades momentarily, before unceremoniously coughing to a stop. The fuck? Sean said, and tried to turn the key again. Nothing. He whirled suddenly as he heard the massive wooden hull give a miserable creak of rotten wood. He looked up to see that he was level with the boarding platform on the starboard side, a rusted step leading up to the main deck. As soon as his hand made contact with the ship, he was suddenly awash in an ethereal crimson glow that blossomed from inside the steamer. Sean stared, mesmerized, not realizing that he'd begun climbing up to the main deck until a loud shriek of rotten planks underfoot shocked him out of his daze. He saw shapes moving through the viewports of the boiler room, grotesque humanoid silhouettes that moved with an eerie grace. He tried to turn back and get on the boat, half thinking he'd paddle his damn way out of here if he had to, but something kept him planted to the boat. It felt like someone had cranked the knob on the Earth's gravity up to 11, each step feeling heavy and labored. He found himself entering the boiler room, a miasma of wood rot and stagnant flood water almost making him gag. His nausea vanished when he saw the abhorrent decorations that lined the interior of the room. The hunk of charred metal that was once the boiler was festooned with what looked like dream catchers made out of fish bones and bleeding muscle tissue. Lining the walls were snake skins of species he'd never seen before, their scaled skins a purest obsidian and streaked with red. He suddenly had a thought then, a flashback to when he was just a child, riding a canoe along the outer edges of the Kasachi River with his grandpa as they catfished. There'll be bad things up in these woods, Grandpa Ephraim had said. Peoples out here who still practice the old magic. Craft whose voodoo abominations hide out in the swamp doing God knows what with that devil's knowledge. Sean had just thought his gramps was slipping. Ephraim did get Alzheimer's early on rambled a lot about Haitian witches and swamp demons. Swamp knows when someone shouldn't be there. It lets you exist. It lets you harvest the gators and the fish in the wood. You piss it or the people that call it home off, though. God help you. The old man's rambling suddenly took on a horrifying validation as Sean walked further into the ship, the decorations becoming more terrible as he entered the main ballroom, where decaying corpses dressed in watered log suits and dresses danced some abhorrent shuffling jig, the sound of their atrophied tendons and bones grinding together in a hellish cacophony made Sean want to cover his ears and scream his hands had become 200-pound sacks of numb, useless meat. He caught glimpses of skinless catfish nailed to the walls, still twitching and croaking for life. The skins of human bodies were tacked below this, the way bear pelts were often proudly displayed. 
a wooden sign proclaiming the vessel's name was framed above the interior walkway of the hurricane deck. Reine de la Vieux. Sean's knowledge of the old swamp creole was rusty, but he knew enough French from his traditionalist grandfather to decipher the plaque. The Queen of Hell. Came the voice, this time coming from everywhere at once, inside his own head. An invisible hand pulled him to the right, where he saw a stairwell that led down into the ship's bowels, where the scarlet glow deepened. No! Sean whimpered, terrified at the fact his body was now moving of its own volition down the stairs, his hand touching the damp banister of rotten wood as he slowly descended. He came to the staterooms, which were inundated in water up to his knees. Despite the sweltering Louisiana summer outside, the water was ice cold, causing his manhood to shrivel up into his body. He saw shapes swimming about just under the water's surface as he walked down the hallway. A shape floated nearby as he walked, and when he looked down, he saw the familiar bloated face of the bank's security guard, a chunk of his skull missing. Oh, God, Sean croaked clutching at the bullet necklace. He fumbled the lead cap off and cried out as his trembling, useless hands dropped it into the murk below. Fuck! He screamed and shot his hand down into the water, desperately needing a comfort snort. Bony Vice locked on his wrist instead, pulling him down into the water. He tried to back away and pull his hand free, but this thing had the strength of a Goliath behind it. Sean was pulled into the water, his eyes taking in the face of the other security guard he'd shot, his uniform peppered with holes from the buckshot, floating freely about the body whose flesh was pale and sallow as a catfish belly. The man said, no air bubbles coming from his ruined, lipless mouth as he spoke, the voice clear in Sean's head. He cried out, and foul, silty swamp water filled his mouth, causing him to choke and splutter. <coughs> Finally, the corpse let go, and Sean shot up, spluttering and gasping for air, wanting to run up the stairs, up and out of this damn steamer, and take his chance with the alligators. Sean instead continued down the hallway, his head moving involuntarily from side to side as he glimpsed into the doorless rooms. In the first room, he found his mother, naked and lifeless on the bed, a trail of gore blossoming between her legs. His abusive, alcoholic father held a tiny, blood-covered Sean in his arms. And nothing but a bastard. Killed the only woman I ever loved. Should have been you that died, his old man said. In the other room, Sean spotted the corpse of a woman named Loretta Bailey, whom he raped and killed in a drunken rage she being the only woman he'd ever been intimate with. Why'd you do me like that, baby? She asked, her voice nothing but a rasp from atrophied vocal cords, wet sounds coming from the open wound in her throat where he'd sliced it open. Two more rooms loomed ahead. In the next one, he spotted all the animals he'd ever killed. Legions of cats and dogs and his mother's chinchillas he'd stomped on for fun back when his adolescent brain was beginning to bloom the synapses that would associate sadistic killing with orgasmic pleasure. 
Some abhorrent arcane energy powered their matty, furry corpses, a cacophony of hisses and growls assailing him as he walked past. He braced himself for the horrors of the last room, a large sweet estate at the end of the hall. But there was nothing in this one, except the glassy surface of the water, undisturbed by his treading. He froze, looking down into it, confused by what he saw. It was himself, Sean, laid out in the hull of the airboat, the bullet chain necklace in his hands. The airboat itself floated in the middle of the swamp, early morning sun painting the scene in a crimson glow. A legion of flies buzzed around his head, landing on his cloudy, open eyes, some tasting the white crust around his nostrils and dropping dead instantly. Sean understood them with horrible clarity. His buddy had said this was some real good shit, cut with fentanyl, which is supposed to be some of the highest grade doctor dope this side of the Mississippi. He remembered taking a few more extra snorts than usual after he'd iced the alligator hunter the boat belonged to, needing the energy for the task ahead. That's why he had no memory of actually entering the swamp. It was why he just sort of showed up randomly in the mirrored hollow with the steamer. He was dead, had died in this mystical backwater, whom his grandfather had treated as a living, breathing, sentient entity. His soul was its to chew on and masticate, to punish and rape. Is this hell? He asked the room aloud. The voice enticed him. A split second later, the floor beneath him gave out, and Sean Lardure plunged down into the murky depths, being swallowed by the swamp into an obsidian gullet of eternal heat and suffering. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. The Queen of Hell was written by Richard Beauchamp, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Duncan Muggleton and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Richard Beauchamp is an American author of dark fiction whose tales can be found in several magazines and anthologies. Go follow him on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Richard Beauchamp official or on Instagram at r underscore b underscore author. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash Cleaver. You can join our book club and movie club and chat about the podcast over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Cleaver. T-shirts and mugs are available at gunroad.com forward slash Cleaver. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.